welcome to the TechniConnect Automotive Podcast, aimed at inspiring the next generation of EE-related talent to choose a career within our space, whilst also supporting the current EE talent pool in making key career decisions. In each episode, we interview industry leaders to discuss their unique career paths, advice for those starting out in the automotive industry, as well as important issues currently impacting the sector. My name is Ferris, and I'm responsible for connecting automotive businesses to the best EE-related talent. Today, we are joined by Vishal Lalwani, who has and is still currently playing a key role in Ineos's automotive business venture, which includes designing the Project Grenadier. His career journey so far has been admirable. In addition to his impressive time at Cummins and Ford, he also took on the challenge of operating as a chief engineer for a brand new automotive business, as well as successfully pivoting from being mechanically biased into EE engineering focused. His story is a great example of how you can wear multiple engineering discipline hats throughout your career. In this episode, we'll explore how he built a successful career within this space, as well as his predictions for the future of the industry. Hi, Vishal. First of all, welcome to the uh, Automotive Podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good. Obviously, with the listeners who, who don't know who you are, Vishal, do you want to just give, you, give yourself a quick overview of yourself? Yeah, my name is Vishal Alwani. I'm an automotive engineer, currently working for Ineos Automotive as the head of department for electrical systems. Brilliant. Brilliant. And before we jump into your career, which is a really interesting one. Um, do you want to just give us a quick breakdown of, of who Vishal is ultimately outside of work? Um, outside of work, normal guy, I would say. Um, I'm quite into my sports, team sports, um, into F1 and uh, sim racing. And yeah, very, very passionate about cars, planes, um, outside of work and at work. My family's back in Germany. I grew up in Germany, originally from India. Um, I, I live sort of between Germany and London right now. Um, so yeah, quite a multicultural background as well. Different upbringing, um, in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, um, before you went or before you went deep into the automotive industry, you've also got family business, haven't you? That you got stuck into, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad's got a jewelry and diamond business. So, you know, being part of that growing up, um, I was always involved a little bit into it. I've got my knowledge with it. Um, I, I know sort of the business side of things as well. A little bit of business acumen I get um, from my dad and, and uh, from that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where it all started from like an educational uh, background perspective, uh, you speak really fondly at your time over at, at Loughborough. Do you want to talk through how it started for you, you know, from your time at Loughborough? Yeah, yeah. So um, I got into uni actually, and then I was pulled out two weeks after that. <laughs> So I had to I had to join the military again back in Germany. So I did my military service, then rejoined uni. Um, there's a specific course, automotive engineering. Um, so a lot of unis offer sort of mechanical engineering or chemical engineering. Um, Loughborough is one of the ones that had the aeronautical and automotive department as a separate department. Uh, I did my did my bachelor's there, did my master's there as well. I got uh, bumped up into the masters as well. So yeah, loved it. Amazing time. Absolutely, absolutely. It gave, it gave you a great grounding. That blended with military experience. You're not going to get too much of a better foundation than that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's I come from a disciplined household, I would say. <laughs> but I think it just gave you, again, uh, a bit more grounding, a bit more perspective, and also the feel of collectiveness amongst your comrades and then later on in your work life as a team. Absolutely. So talk us through the, the foundation set. How did you then start to develop your career from an early phase? 
So, as I said, I was passionate about cars anyway. So, even outside of studies, outside of, well, yeah, back then just studies, um, very much into it. Um, followed the passion. There's different directions you can go into automotive, obviously. Um, but, yeah, you know, the course really helped you to figure out which things do you like. Is it more the electronics? Is it more NVH or powertrains? Um, did my internship also at Cummins. Um for turbochargers and then yeah got back for my masters and then it sort of just continued with ford a couple of years in powertrain engineering um e-mobility and i ended up at ineos after that yeah <laughs> as, uh, yeah yeah so, so you had your time at your time at cummins um which obviously you were more mechanically biased weren't you at the time yeah mostly i mean it was more uh development of compressor and turbine stage I went a little bit into the control logic and control electronics, um, but it was mainly mechanical, I would say. I learned a lot of processes, start or started learning a lot of processes at Cummins. Yeah, yeah. So that gave you the, the right process background. You then went to you went to Ineos. What was your initial role at Ineos? So it started Ineos actually in powertrain as well. Um, but because Ineos was a new company, uh, we weren't that many people. I'm, I'm employee number 34, I think. Um, so I, I took over electronics as well because I had some background in it and some experience. Um, it was a very, very difficult first year because I had both departments and both complex big departments underneath me. Um, so yeah, I, I started in those two roles later on that transitioned fully to the EE role. Yeah. No, I'm, it's a, and the transition from, you know, cause straight away from starting at Cummins going through to Ineos. You're wearing nearly multiple engineering hats already. You know you've got really good mechanical background, EE background. Yeah, the time at Ford was was really good. I mean, again, strong foundation from Cummins. I think in terms of processes, um, Six Sigma designed for Six Sigma. I continue continued that in Ford with um, Demake. So another form of Six Sigma, also in multiple engine projects, different car lines, expanding my horizon. And then landed that job at uh, Ineos, actually. Ineos. And obviously, looking back through your, your career so far, what would you say your big flagship moments have been for yourself personally, Vishal? What are you most proud of? I think definitely engine launch at, at Ford. Um, so if you if you see a vehicle driving around and you can say, look, you, you've it's a team effort, obviously, but you know, you've contributed to this vehicle actually driving um, you know, efficient engines. And then the next step up from that is actually the Grenadier. Um, so just launched. If you see a Grenadier on the road, I mean, it's it's on a different level. You know, that's a lot of hours have gone into that. Uh, so it's, it's even next level up from from just knowing, okay, I did the engine part of it here. It's on a complete vehicle. So you've you done the full vehicle. And the, the, it's an interesting one, the Grenadier, wasn't it? Because Ineos ultimately are a chemicals business. So the automotive adventure is completely new. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the history probably might have seen by now um, on the internet um, with Sir Jim Ratcliffe being a, a fan of the old Defender. Um, but yeah, it's it's a new company. It's a completely new vehicle. It's really starting from a from a blank sheet of paper. Yeah, no, absolutely. If if you if you you know you've done the you've concluded the project Grenadier. Um, you've had a great project over at Ford. You've had a really good bringing up um, Cummins. So all that experience combined now, if you could go back to Vishal at 16, you know, 
ultimately what would you what would you tell yourself based on your learnings in the industry probably wouldn't change anything uh, I'm, I'm i'm really happy where i am um probably would tell myself to invest in some different stocks but um <laughs> yeah that's about it i think no i mean i obviously i could have ended up at different places but i think i'm i'm, I'm very happy the the way things had developed um obviously there's there's a right time right place but also putting in the effort um to to get to where i am yeah no one's no good if if you look at um if you look at where you've worked and you know when we're speaking to a lot of people within the automotive industry that balance of trying to get work-life balance within such a demanding sector you know what what's your what's your approach been to that and, and how have you managed it Try different approaches. It's a bit difficult, to be honest, and it depends on your role. It depends on your company. Um, if, if you're in a big established company, you usually have a lot of people for different processes. It's a complete different story in a startup. You know, again, employee number 34 at that time, I was doing multiple things. Um, and not only are you working on a product, you need to develop a team, you need to develop a company. So you have to go through different phases and, and take different measures work-life balance and it's, it's not always going to be easy um what helps me is clearly sports and, and sort of being out with people from work but also outside of work different areas i mean people work in completely different industries to have an exchange a fresh exchange fresh set of eyes so that's that's pretty good yeah no and and you know what led you you know if you go back to your grounding uh, and you and the way you're brought up what led you into choosing a career within automotive was it very much luck was it planned you know what 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 was what actually happened i think purely passion really purely passion um as a kid i had my car collection um i started dismantling cars put a little gearbox on my poppy car um <laughs> it was purely passion driven i mean i i can't imagine doing anything else at that level because the motivation if you're passionate about something is just different yeah, I, th- I think when you look at you know the success of anybody, really, it normally comes with a blend of passion, doesn't it? It needs to absolutely. I think the drive needs to be passion. Otherwise, I mean, if if I do a normal, let's say, boring job, nine to five, I just want to get out of there as soon as possible, right? Whereas for me, yes, my work day ends, but the car thing sort of continues outside of work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and we look at we look at the e industry now. And, you know, the automotive industry is going through a huge, ultimately industrial um, revolution. We look at software-defined vehicles as a piece. We look at the clean energy space as a piece. You've gone or you're still on a very interesting journey self over in EOS uh, in regards to what's maybe coming up there. Um, what do you see from your perspective, Vishal, coming up from a technical trends perspective? If someone's going to invest now their career uh, another five, ten years into this space, if we get to twenty thirty and beyond, what 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 do you think is coming up from an EE perspective based on based on your knowledge and experience? It's it's a lot. I mean, again, vehicles are sort of becoming a different place altogether. Um, it's not just getting from A to B. It's getting from A to B more comfortably, more entertained, more connected, more safely. So you know, you, you've got things like the whole infotainment that's becoming the new unique selling point which used to be sort of driving pleasure and engined which you know with the onside of evs that that's phasing out a little bit so connectivity autonomous driving is 
a huge thing that's going to define companies. Um, and you've got the normal ones, safety going on, comfort, um, even psychology, actually, in terms of driver behavior, driver feelings, how that engages into the vehicle, into your driving style, et cetera. And is, is, is there any specific areas or technical areas that you'd recommend engineers to really hem into um, or, or explore, getting a deeper um, technical knowledge of at an early phase? I think I would still say do what you're more passionate about. Yeah. Um, but definitely what is going to come up is things like cybersecurity, functional safety. As these areas are getting more complex, you're getting more and more electronics into the vehicle. So these will become even more complex in the future. Um, it's definitely an area that's going to increase um, also in terms of regulations and requirements. If you don't like it, don't do it. But... You know, you'd still be passionate about the thing that you want to do. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And looking at the overall industry, this we've talked technical, but looking at the industry, you know, where do you see the automotive industry being and positioned 2030, you know, 2035? What do you actually see happening from your perspective? I think that there is a huge debate, obviously, still about propulsion, uh, about the EVs being green or not. Is hydrogen then actually the better solution or is it a balance or is it even better keeping engines uh, with, you know, uh, e-fuels? So a lot of things are still, I think, open. Um, and I think the also the governments need to keep an open mindset on what is best because EVs might be good for smaller city vehicles, for trucks, hydrogen might be the best solution. Um, so that that's a huge question mark, I would say. That's, that's their propulsion. What kind of propulsion are we going to use in the future? Um, and then, as I said, development into autonomous driving, connected driving, um, increasing road safety, and the overall idea of being net zero in the, in the whole life cycle. Yeah, not very interesting. What, what's your, you know, if you had a, if, if you look at the automotive industry, we talked about passion, but if you're talking to um, future engineers, you know, what's the, what's the reason that they should be exploring the automotive industry as a career choice um, from your perspective? I think it's incredibly diverse. So in terms of the landscape, because, you you know, a vehicle is made of thousands of parts. It's hundreds of suppliers involved uh, from different nations, different countries, different cultural backgrounds. That's that's hugely diverse. Apart from that, that the, the product itself is, is diverse. You know, you, you could be a chemical engineer in the vehicle industry, in the automotive industry, you could be a physics guy, you know, looking at uh, um, all sorts of different um, driving physics. Uh, you could be into materials technology. You could be into vehicle safety or even psychology, as I said before, in, in understanding behavior of people, how people use interfaces. You know, user interfaces, infotainment has got to be huge. So how people interact with the machine, HMI, human machine interface that is uh yeah again very diverse i could go on and on there's, there's so many different things it doesn't stop there yeah no absolutely it's 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 literally full of multiple areas that you can specialize in and Vishal, what was quite interesting is you you transferred into the uh, ee world and had a dominant ee role like midway through your career how, how was that transition so I, I started off um i mean the studies obviously the course that i did at uni gave me the basics for a whole complete vehicle. I went into powertrain side, into the mechanical side of it. 
um, always with a bit of a tangent to electronics. Um, and I think outside of work, I was very much into the electronics, um, you know, expanding my horizon, mainly also in user interfaces, designs, and that kind of stuff. Um, when I then had the choice at INEOS, if I want to continue in powertrain, which is something that I knew inside out and I was very comfortable with, um, or if I want to continue with the electrical department, I, that was a big question for me because, you know, you want to perform in that position. You can't, you can't allow yourself to not perform. Um, but I took the challenge and I don't regret it at all. Uh, cause I, I just see a lot more future again there because of the uncertainty on the propulsion topics, what we just discussed, but, um, yeah, I took on the challenge. It wasn't easy. There's a lot of learning. There's a lot of learning on everyday basis. And, and one more thing that is really amazing in, I would say all of engineering, not just automotive, but especially in automotive, it's not repetitive work. You learn something new every day. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a key message that, isn't it? And I think you have yeah. to have that mindset to go into work with, you know, to learn uh, every, every single day. And I, th I think that's also the motivation. I think people or human in general don't really like repetitive work. It's where we lose focus, uh, where we lose concentration. So if there's a new different kind of challenge, I mean, I go to work and I know, yes, you have to set meetings and everything, but it's a new challenge. And then, you know, the next product that you're developing, you might go through the same phases, although you're still developing that as well and improving that. But the product might be something completely different, much more advanced. So it never gets boring. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, you know, if you, if you take yourself back to university and certainly there's a, the ability to be exposed to uh, projects and tasks at university where you have to work as a team, I think one of the hardest transitions for some people I've seen is actually realising that the automotive industry, it's, it's reliance on high-performing teams and teamwork because you can't, certainly can't design a vehicle from ground up on your own. So, you know, absolutely. I know, I know it's something you wanted to, to, to discuss, the importance of being a team player, and why is that, Vishal? I mean, as you said, um, it's a huge product, um, or if you go into aircraft as well, or in general engineering, because of the diversity, again, that's there, it takes a lot of people from different backgrounds, different specialists to actually create that one product. Communication is key. You need to be able to express your ideas, but also understand the views from the other person and evaluate them rationally, right? Don't bring in the emotions like, oh no, this is my idea, I wanna do it. No, you need to be rational, you need to look at the bigger picture. You need to look at, you know, who are we making this product for? Yes, I can make an off-road vehicle, but I like driving on tracks, so I make it sporty. It's like, no, that's not the purpose, right? The purpose is to build a hardcore off-road vehicle. So it will have things that I maybe don't like because I like tracked vehicles. Uh, it's just an example, but it's that, it's that, um, yeah, knowing how to work in a team, uh, also direct a team if you're in that position and, and accept ideas, but also yeah, express your own ideas in a way that everybody understands it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Vishal, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks very much. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. Yeah.